Hi, good morning. Why not we just greet one another in the name of the Lord? Just bless, look around and bless one another and say, you know, God bless you. Right? You are definitely blessed as you come into the house of the Lord and tuning in. Praise God. Um, yeah, it was a wonderful time of worship. Thank you, Andrew and the team for leading us uh, in those four songs. I thought they were very apt. And uh, I think it's always special uh, to note that, you know, the worship leaders and the preachers do not prepare together, right? We have a general, uh, you know, Bible verses and stuff, but we don't prepare. And, uh, but I think the songs chosen today really, uh, in, in, in so many ways, uh, resonate with what I have prepared to share with you. So I, I truly believe that the Holy Spirit is in this place. Amen. Right. So anyway, uh, today's gospel reading brings us to a, I mean, for long-time Christians, a very familiar passage, right? We come to the home of Martha and Mary, uh, and we see that this is one of uh, Jesus's, I would say, earliest encounters with uh, this beloved family, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, right? And uh you know, of, um, just to recap what's happening here, Jesus uh, went to their house and uh, Martha, the, I would say the older sister, she was a very hands-on person. So as with the custom in those days, when you have a guest at your home, immediately what would you do? In fact, it's the custom today too, right? When people come to your home, the instinct is to prepare food and to be very hospitable to your guest, right? Uh, however, in the middle of her preparation, she was running around. She was very busy. She came out and she realized that her sister Mary was having a chat with Jesus. And so she felt indignant. She was like, why is she not helping me? And she asked Jesus, can you please tell her to help me? I don't know how many of us relate with Martha. Uh, and I, I, I surely understand that, you, you know, if at Chinese New Year, can you imagine that you're running around, you have guests in your home and you're running around, but no one is talking to the guest, right? But I think today we also learn that um, there is a place to sit and spend time with your guests, right? Just a simple application. Anyway, Martha was busy preparing the house and serving Jesus. Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his teachings. Uh, maybe you go to the next slide. So just a pictorial representation of what the story is about. However, next slide. If only they had one of these. Uh, yesterday, I was reminded by Pastor Evangeline that there is another robot that would actually do Martha's job, which is to serve food. Uh, I didn't have time to change the slide here, but if you've seen in those restaurants, that's what they need. They don't need this. Anyway, if only they're one of these, then maybe both of them could sit down. I don't know. I, I, I was, you saw me edit the picture. Anyway, uh, if only this was what happened. Okay, jokes aside... You know, this might actually be one of their earlier encounters. And Jesus pointed out that Mary chose the good portion. The good portion. Basically, Jesus pointed out that Mary made a very good decision. Okay? So, this wasn't the only time. Okay, just want to let you all know. The only time that Mary ended up at the feet of Jesus. In fact, there, there were a total of at least three times. And today we are going to take a look at the three different times that Mary fell at the feet of Jesus and what did it look like. Okay, at least from Mary of Bethany's perspective. So the first point today I would like to share with you that is at the feet of Jesus. Next slide. Can you go one more slide? So three times. Okay, next slide. 
The first point, at the feet of Jesus, you get to hear the words of life. You get to hear the words of life. Jesus came to their house and Mary somehow was obsessed with hearing the teachings of Jesus. How many of us know what the good portion is? Okay, this passage, however, is often used, right, to highlight the importance of hearing from Jesus, sitting at his feet, instead of running about and doing all the chores and serving him, right? I'm sure that you might have heard something like that. However, upon further contemplation, I felt that this shouldn't be the case. Why? It shouldn't be an attack on serving, servitude, because serving isn't the issue here. Why is that so? Jesus came to serve. Amen. So how can he be against serving? It was the call of his ministry, literally and spiritually speaking. So we must reflect why we sit at Jesus' feet. Why did Jesus say that sitting at his feet was, in that instance, the good portion, the better decision? You see, Jesus' words brings life. Next slide. The good portion is to sit at Jesus' feet and hear the words of life. In John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus himself says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Say spirit and life. You see, Jesus' words bring life. He himself said it. You see, amidst our busyness in life, amidst the whirlwinds of life, and today we have social media, amidst the flurry of uh, information, ideas being shared, whether they are right or wrong, they are bombarding us every day. Are we concerned about finding out where real life is? Are we curious about what life is really all about? The Alpha Course slogan goes, is there more to life than this? Are we as a people concerned about where words that bring life come from? Today, I submit to you that the words that bring life come from the very mouth of Jesus. Amen. At the feet of Jesus, Jesus brings us a message of eternal life. At the feet of Jesus, as you hear from Him, from His Word, you peer into the Scriptures, you will be filled with words that bring you to eternal life. Will you be interested to sit at the feet of Jesus, dive into what He says through His Holy Scriptures? In one of our Anglican collects, next slide, we read, Collect for the second Sunday in Advent. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Say everlasting life. That is where life is found. Amen. So as you sit at the feet of Jesus, hear his word, receive his word, look into his word, right? You will receive the words of eternal life. Isn't that wonderful? At the feet of Jesus, you will hear words that bring life. And I can go on and on about it, but we do not have time. Yeah, join the reading group for beginners if you're, you've never looked at the word of God before. Join Bible study discussions. Get together. Read the word of God for yourself. Download the Bible app. Do Google search on what does the word mean. And you, I, I promise you, you will see 
life. And with that, your life will be transformed and you will have hope for the future. Amen. That is the first thing you receive when you spend time at the feet of Jesus. Next slide. The next point is that at the feet of Jesus, it is safe to be vulnerable. The next instance where Mary fell at the feet of Jesus was when she was faced with a tremendously difficult time. Next slide. Martha had just lost her beloved brother to sickness. We find this in the Gospel of John chapter 11. And this is the evidence. It says, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she what? She fell at his feet. She fell at his feet. And this was after Jesus arrived for, in a sense, the funeral wake of her brother Lazarus. Mary and Martha had just lost their beloved brother. And by this time, they have already cultivated a very close relationship with Jesus, right? Uh, and by the way, Mary, Martha, and uh, Lazarus were, were actually very good friends with Jesus, okay? They assisted him in his ministry in the background, you see. And John 11, next slide, actually describes, uh, we go through the background, and John 11, verse 3, describes Lazarus as someone whom Jesus loves. I just take a little side note here. Isn't it wonderful to be known as somebody that Jesus loves? Do you know that you are a person that Jesus loves? Amen. What a wonderful claim, you see. So the sisters sent to Jesus. So Lazarus was ill. Here, I'll share you the background of this story. Lazarus was ill. He was, he was actually quite ill. So the sisters were worried, and they knew that Jesus could heal, right? So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. For it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Next slide. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place he was. So let's pause and think. If Jesus loved them so much, right, wouldn't he immediately go to their rescue and heal Lazarus as he is already accustomed to be doing and is known for? Why did he delay two days? Why did he delay two days? Of course, we know that end of story, Lazarus was raised back to life. You see, Jesus, and I suggest to you that Jesus wanted the family whom he loved to experience something greater than just healing. He wanted them to experience, in fact, a shadow of what resurrection life looks like. Amen in the physical, and eventually you see that they were able to understand what spiritual resurrection means. All right. Anyway, so back to the passage, right? This actually shows, I mean, in a very literal sense, that Jesus had a plan. He had a plan. Whatever the plan was, he had a plan. He delayed his arrival by two days on purpose. This decision-making was not made known to the family, however, and it's very interesting. So I just want to pull us back a little bit and, and share with us that in our pain and in our suffering, we most definitely will not know the beginning from the end. But can we trust that Jesus has it under control? Amen. You see, Mary and Martha didn't know, obviously, right? But behind the scenes, Jesus had a thought process. Jesus is in control. After Jesus arrived, he was greeted by Martha first. As always, she is the actionable person. She's the one that would go straight. However, when he asked for Mary, then Mary rushed to Jesus. And next slide, her first words were filled with anguish and sorrow. 
Mary showed raw emotion at Jesus' feet. And I want to let all of us know here today that we can too. We can be vulnerable at the feet of Jesus. Mary rushed to Jesus and her first words were filled with anguish and sorrow. Mary was more than ready to demonstrate her raw emotions and we can be raw with God. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and along with the others who would come, who were also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Did you know you can move the heart of God? Jesus' response in John chapter 11, verse 33, shows his heart of compassion. Jesus cares when you cry. Jesus cares when you are hurting. Jesus cares when you are heartbroken. He sees you in your anguish, your pain and suffering. He does not have a heart that does not care. And I think this is clearly evident in John. Next slide. You see, vulnerability is powerful. It shows intimacy. In the workplace, we try not to show vulnerability. Why? Because we are all colleagues. We don't want to show them our areas of weakness. Who are we vulnerable to? Our family, our close friends, our spouse. So in the same way, vulnerability shows intimacy. Vulnerability shows surrender. And it moves the heart of God. At the feet of Jesus is a place where every tear you cry is bottled. Psalms 56 verse 8 says this, You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. It doesn't go unnoticed, right? Every tear you cry, whether it is in a public space or in a private space. You see, Jesus was in control. He had a plan. Lazarus was actually going to come back to life. But the emotion of Mary moved his heart deeply. When you cry, Jesus knows and he cares dearly for you. But I want to let you know that Jesus can raise anything that was dead back to life, whether it is now or whether in the resurrection. Come and cling to the Lord in faith. Amen. And the third point. At the feet of Jesus, there is intimacy through sacrificial worship. The third time that Mary fell at Jesus' feet was close to his Death on the cross, right? He was entering Jerusalem already. At the feet of Jesus, Mary brought a jar of very expensive perfume and poured it to Jesus' feet and wiped it with her hair. We read this from John chapter 12. And it says, So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, as usual. And Lazarus, ah, he's alive. This was after his resurrection. Was one of those. So we praise God for that. Verse 3, Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nut and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. What a perplexing incident. Think about it. Ladies, would you wipe someone's feet with your hair? I don't even, I don't even know what the cultural context was, okay? But, I mean, even today, even for a guy, like, we wouldn't do that, right? So, but Mary's attitude was one of spontaneity. No one instigated her to give that bottle of perfume to break it at Jesus' feet. No one told her to use her hair to wipe his feet. Mary was demonstrating her own spontaneous 
act of worship. In fact, it was even to the level of sacrificing her own dignity to wipe her hair with uh, his feet with her hair. Next slide. However, Jesus, uh, uh, along with that came haters. Okay, so one of the disciples spoke up and said, "You shouldn't have done that. You should have sold the perfume. You should have used the money to go and bless people who are poor." Jesus came to her defense. Jesus defended her from her haters, and he said, "Leave her alone." Leave her alone. You see, many of us, you know, we are serving fervently in church, whether it is in the front line, worship team, ushers, or in the back end, where people don't see. You see, even some of us have given our lives to serve the Lord. Ridicule might come your way. People might not understand. Last time in school, when I have to tell them I, I can't make it for outings or project meetings on a weekend, I have to go to church. People who do not understand are confused. And in fact, they might even say, why will you do that? Why are you so devoted to going to church? Why are you so devoted to going for Bible studies? Cell groups happen on Friday evening, prime time. Ridicule might come your way. People might question your decision, serving the Lord, sacrificing time, energy, money, effort, giving unto the Lord. But this is our earnest act of worship unto Jesus. And let me share with you that never let your sincerity to the Lord ever be downplayed by anyone around you, whether it is a loved one, a disciple, or a friend. It is between you and Jesus because when you do so, the house will be filled with fragrance and Jesus sees your sacrifice, he appreciates it, and he defends it. It's between you and Jesus. Next slide. And I want to let you know that your sacrifice fills the house with fragrance. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, right? And, uh, you know, many of us are serving. We take out time. Sometimes it goes unnoticed, yeah? But I just want to that there is no detail in the Bible that is useless. I like it. They say, the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Can I share with you also that the person that ridiculed her, that laughed at her and, in, and actually questioned her decision had to smell the perfume too? Did you know that? So, Whatever your sacrifice that you give unto the Lord, I want to let you know that the perfume, the aroma that comes from your sacrifice will bless the people around you, whether they like it or not. Amen. Whether you're doing sound, whether you're doing marketing material at the back end, whether you're preparing for Bible study and only two people turn up, everything you do fills the room with aroma. And even the people that ridicule you can smell it. Whether they respond to it, that's a different thing. Yeah? But they will still smell. They will see. They know that there is an aroma. And then one day, the Holy Spirit used that to, to come into their life, right? But anyway, that's a different point. So Jesus then also says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 25, verse 21, says, He will say to you, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's all I really care about, don't, isn't it? That's all you really care about when you sacrifice unto the Lord. And one more thing before we close off this message is that did you know that even though Mary spent, we go through three instances where Mary spent her time at the feet of Jesus. I want to let you know that Jesus also served at the feet of others. Jesus was also found at the feet of others and in that instance he came to serve. This story is also very familiar that uh, close to his uh, Death on the cross, Jesus took time out to serve at the feet of each of his 12 disciples. He washed their feet. I shared with you at the beginning that Jesus' ministry was to serve. He is the true servant king. And even at the feet of his disciples, 
And if we put ourselves as his disciples, he is also at our feet. He came to serve. Next slide. And did you know that we can never ever outdo God? No matter how many times you fall at his feet, you are still not better than him at our feet. You see, us at Jesus' feet, we are receiving the words of life. At his feet, we are allowed to pour out our vulnerabilities. At his feet, we are trying to worship him with whatever we have, however spontaneous we are. But at our feet, Jesus serves us even to the end of his life. He is still serving us. We cannot outgive God, friends. We cannot outdo him even at her feet of someone else. We worship Jesus because of what he has done on the cross. You might ask why. Why do you do all these kind of things? In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11, it's a long passage, but I think it sheds light on why, the reason why we worship Jesus. Some of the key pointers here is that why? Because Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with a God a thing to be grasped. What did he do? He humbled himself. He came to our feet to serve us by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And so why do we worship? Therefore, Jesus has highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is why we worship Jesus, because he went to the cross despite his status, despite his godhood, despite everything, he went to the cross for you and me. Next slide. And Jesus is the true servant king. The other I a scripture reading that we didn't cover today was taken from Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, uh, 18 to 28. If I'm not wrong, but I pick out 22 to 20, 21 to 22. And it says, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. This you is not you, okay? It's me, it's us, it's all of us seated here. We were once alienated, we are doing evil deeds. We are doing evil deeds, but what did Jesus do? He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy, say holy, and blameless, say blameless, and above reproach, say above reproach. Jesus did all the work so that we people, we, the people that are doing evil deeds who were once, meaning past tense, alienated and hostile in his mind, now at the present time, through faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross by his death, right, he is able to present us holy, blameless, and above reproach. You see, that is why we worship Jesus. And whether or not you feel like it today that you are holy, blameless, and above reproach, I, allow the, I, I, let, I, I ask you to go home today and days to come. Think about this. You might feel evil or condemned, or you might be doing something wrong, right? If today you might leave, and in the moment you leave, you suddenly get angry and stuff. But the Word of God says that you are now being presented holy, blameless, and above reproach. How is that so? I won't give you the answer. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through the Word that gives you life. Amen. And I want, I want to get you to start processing this, that you are still struggling. We are still in this fallen world, but this is what Jesus came to give us. I allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about that. And last, next slide. So I draw this to a close and I will say three things to all of us. For all of us, and especially those who do not know Jesus. Oh, never mind. For the first group of people, those that have been giving sacrificially, those that have been serving unto the Lord, and you feel unnoticed, you feel ridiculed, you feel, why am I making this decision? 
Why am I serving the Lord so much? I want to let you know that Jesus says that you have done a beautiful thing to me. And your sacrifice allows the aroma to go and bless all who are in the room. Next slide. Next group of people are for those that, you know, busy with everything and just don't have time to sit at the feet of Jesus, to hear the words of life and to receive from Him. I say to even those that have never done that before, I suggest you try. Join the reading group for beginners. Join cell group, get connected, read the Word of God. Why? Because if you never taste, you never know, right? Psalms chapter 34 verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. When you taste the words of life, your life will be transformed. All right, give that a try. And the rest of us, let's continue sitting. Those that have been doing this consistently, you know. And keep doing it. Keep doing it and receive the words of life. Next slide. And for those that feel you need to be vulnerable before God, you can be, right? And I know, you know, we go through many things. Wherever we are at, we come to the feet of Jesus. And sometimes our prayer is, Oh Lord, if you had been here, so and so, would not have happened. This and this would not have happened. This might be our prayer. But I want to let you know that even though Jesus had a plan, Mary came before Jesus and she wept. It led to the most, I would say, the shortest verse in the Bible, but I believe the most impactful two words. It says, Jesus wept. Jesus weeps with you in your anguish, heartbreak, and sorrow. At the feet of Jesus. Next slide. You're able to hear the words of life. You're able to be vulnerable. You're able to express your intimacy, intimacy through sacrificial worship. I just want to close us in a time of prayer, every head bow and every eye closed in this place. And just begin to, you know, allow the words of the Lord to speak to you whichever group that you're at, that you belong to, just begin to see that you can't outgive God. But all we can do is to offer our life, our heart, and our soul, as we sang earlier today. This is what we've been called to. And at the same time, continue to receive and to see that our Lord is just worthy of worship because first and foremost, He taught us how to serve. He taught us how to love. He taught us how to give. That is the source of all that we do as believers. I just want to use this time also to invite anyone that has never had a chance to receive Jesus into your life or you've been on the fence about it, you've been doubtful, you don't know what to do, you know, you have questions. I just want to share that you can come to the feet of Jesus with wherever you're at, however you're feeling, whatever you're doing, and present it to Him. And I want to let you know that He cares, and at the end of everything, He gives you life. And when that comes, when that day comes, all your questions will be answered. If you want this Jesus into your life, I want to invite you to 
repeat this prayer after me and your life I promise will never be the same again and then after that I will pray a prayer for the rest of us but if you want to receive Jesus repeat this prayer after me dear Lord Jesus I acknowledge that I have sinned I've gone my own way I've been lost but I thank you that even in my evil deeds Lord Jesus you died on the cross that my sins are paid for I can be presented holy blameless and above reproach Jesus I receive you come into my life I want to follow you all the days of my life if that is you and you've prayed this prayer for the first time earnestly I encourage you to please reach out to a Christian friend or something and I'm very sure that they will walk you through this faith I just want to pray for the rest of us before I, I end off this for anyone that is struggling the Lord has you on his mind the Lord wants to see you Father I pray for every person in this place wherever that we are at Lord we come to your feet. We want to hear from you. We want to present our vulnerabilities to you. We want to worship you. God, you are worthy of our worship. We want to receive from you and see that you are God that truly, truly loves us with an everlasting love. Holy Spirit, just fill us with the assurance of who you are in our lives. The assurance of how much you see us in our lives, in our everyday struggles, in our weaknesses, and even in our joys and celebrations. Thank you that you are a God that is not distant, but a God that we can come before boldly to speak to, to present our request to. Holy Spirit, just bless us. All this I ask in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say, Amen. Right, we thank the Lord that we may sit at His feet to hear His words of life. Now let us stand on.